Welcome to the spotlight, the career portion of the spotlight, the interview portion, myself and Jeremy Lambert, as always. And today, our guest is a guy I've known for a long time now, and a guy who I really respect as not only uh, just a good guy in the scene of pro wrestling, but one of the best photographers out there, a guy who's making towns more than most wrestlers, a guy who doesn't like to be put over, and a guy that will probably bury people today. Um, he is also the father of one Billy Starks. He is Robert Bellamy, a.k.a. Mouse. Welcome to the show, Mouse. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? Doing good. Doing, doing well. Doing well. Thank you for joining us. I'm going to I'm gonna ask this first question. I'm going to get this out of the way. <laughs> On You know what's coming. We talked a little off air about it. January 25th, you tweeted, I just checked my kid's cage match. She fucking sucks. She's three and nine. Can you win some matches, kid? Like, I can't hashtag never lost. If you losing, I asked her about this last week. The interview's up now. I asked her and she said she's trying. She guaranteed by the end of the year, she would have a winning record. But she says she gets backstage and you just have like your head down, just shaking your head at her. Like, what are we doing here? Your response to what Billy had to say of she is trying her best here, Mouse. Well, then she needs to start learning from like some Eddie Guerrero or something, start cheating. Like, can we toss a chair to somebody's hands and fall down and see if the ref sees it? Like, we just got to get some W's in that box. <laughs> like, Lord. Like, she, she let this Charles again. Mason. Yeah, she let yeah. Charles Mason, like, yank me up. And then she took a spinning tombstone that I have to keep watching to gif up. Yeah, that was gnarly. That was not that whole sequence was gnarly. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, he yeah he, he he went at you. The commentary always does a good job of mentioning that too. When when you're when you're out there during her matches and, and one of those wrestlers gets gets too close, so I was like, "That's about wait, he's going after Billy's dad." Like I just I just love how you're yeah. so how you're so involved. Yeah, he don't. I'm trying to do my job. He's over <laughs> grabbing me, like and then mean mugging me backstage and stuff. Dude's nuts. Well, <laughs> would would you still consider Billy Tipton the better Billy? Like, does he get you in less less trouble? Yeah. Where is Billy Tipton? I can't tell that's you the last time I see Billy Tipton. That's what I'm saying. I, I now that I'm saying can that. We get, I, can we get a, like a, a safety check on Billy Tipton? Like, can somebody go find Billy Tipton? If Billy Tipton is out there, can you tweet and say, hey, I'm good, guys? Yeah, Actually, I think I've seen pictures of him dancing or something. <laughs> <laughs> that's too funny, dude. So, I mean, she, Veda Scott tried to defend her and said she tries real hard. And Brandon Kirk said... <laughs> You, you guys raised a loser, which, you know, taking some blame there, but she's trying. There's got to be like a little bit, a little bit of something for trying here. It just wins and losses. Okay. You sound like my boss at work. Like today, apparently, <laughs> we got like uh, mentioned on the views and news call by the CEO of the company saying we're doing a good job. And he's like, hey, man, y'all did a good job. He said your name. I said, okay, do I get money for this? He was like, <laughs> He was like, no. I was like, then I don't care about him saying my name. I need W's. I need dollars. I need wins. That's very pro wrestling of you too, Matt, to be to be out there working at all times, making sure you're getting, you're getting paid, when, you're getting royalties whenever your name's out there. Yeah, I'm not joking about this. I legit looked at my boss said, said, do I get money for him saying my name? Like, why are you telling me him telling us we did a good job? Does a good job equate to more money? Does does the the family money depend on Billy winning or losing? Because then, all right, I understand. Like if Billy's bringing in all the cash here, she needs to start winning some matches. No, Billy needs to start winning some money to pay for her own stuff. <laughs> Billy, 
Oh, Landfoot Billy Starks upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, well, I, I was going to ask you about that at some point during this anyways, but now's a good time to ask. Um, how's that been with like the marketing? Cause like the whole big starts brand thing. I mean, I think that's been, been great over the years. Um, just branding yourselves, like including more and more people throughout the years into that. And, and Billy with the merchandise, uh, you know, I, I see she's always putting out new, new merchandise and stuff. So, you know, kind of the, what, what all goes into that for you guys? And, uh, how's the merchandise been for y'all? That's, that's all her mother. Her mother's been about producing merch since before her first match. Um, so her mom had bought bought herself a cricket a few years back, and she had it before the kids started wrestling, and she would just make random things for herself or whatever. Then when the kids started wrestling, it was the easiest way for her to make quick shirts. So she started doing that for a while until she wasn't able to keep up with it. Um, and we got lucky because there's a guy that lives about five minutes from us that actually helps me with the Fright Night shows that I put on. And he's a screen printer, um, and she had used him for some work projects. So she was just kind of like, hey, can you do this design? He was like, yes. And then it was like snowballing from there where he would do stuff very cheap, and we can go pick it up. He'd leave it outside by his garage. And, you know, we're up and running as a business. And, like, it got so much going through him that we're probably, like, his biggest customer. Oh, that's um, awesome. But most of her merch, everything that she does is her mom. Like, very seldom do any of my dumb ideas get passed through and actually made. Because most of my ideas are funny to me. So I don't know how well they actually sell. But her mom's ideas and things that she works with the kid on um, have probably been some of her best sellers. I think the only idea that I can kind of take claim for is the big Starks brand thing. Because I said something stupid, which somebody picked up on. Uh, The guy that does the... Um, graphics and uh, some of the logo work for Black Label. He picked up on me saying, I'm going to be the LeVar Ball of pro wrestling. I'm going to protect my kid like she's mellow or whatever. And he made that logo, just ripped off the uh, big baller brand logo. And I was like, okay. Then I was like, how much for that? So I can put it on a shirt. And he was like, take it. I was like, all right, we get your shirt. Tell me your size. And we sent it to the guy and Literally, he had an order of shirts made right away. And then from there, I snowballed and was thinking, that dark like clothing company puts knee pad sleeves out. And a lot of their people have knee pad sleeves. And I think there used to be um, another company that used to do that as well. So I was like, let me see if I can get some knee pad sleeves made. So I reached out to the wrestler Zodiac that uh, wrestled a lot around uh, Kentucky and Southern Indiana. And he made the knee pad sleeves. And I just started handing them out. And so... You know, once you start seeing people like Calvin and Trey Lamar and people like that wearing them constantly, and that summer they were all booked on like every GCW show, and that was the only thing primarily running. It was very visible. Yeah, I was going to ask you what kind of goes into determining who. Like I know you said you just were giving them out, but I mean, what kind of goes into you know determining who you want repping that brand? Um, because it seems like a very I know y'all like are like menaces to each other, but like it seems like an overall, <laughs> uh, like a wholesome brand overall in like, the grand scheme of like professional wrestling. And uh, and I also always see like mittens will be out there with like the BSB, you know, flag out there and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, how do you determine who you want like representing the brand? Well, mittens is our mascot because I've determined that because that kid, he will grab a flag, 
grab anything and throw it up. But there's really no criteria. Like uh, the first time Jeffrey Johns walked up to me, he was like, how do I join? I was like, dude, you literally just tweeted out and say you're in it. <laughs> He's like, are you serious? I was like, yeah, I don't care. Just say you're in it. <laughs> so he tweeted out, I was like, are you in it? He's like, that's dumb. I didn't know it was that easy. I was like, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> There's no criteria here. Everybody's gonna everybody's gonna tweet that they're in the the big Starks brand now. Yeah, and if they get T-shirts and wear them, more marketing for me. Hey, it I never marketing. knew it was that easy. I would have I would have been doing this for years. I, I love I love all y'all, man. Like the first handful of people, they were like the chosen ones. Like like Trey and them, none of them knew what it was. Whenever I said it, and we got stuff made. I'm just like, we got the, the flag that's down hanging up on our wall that's autographed by everybody. We got that made first. And we took that to a couple of GCW shows and things like that. And I would literally just hand a flag to somebody. Like, Calvin, take this out. Okay. Calvin will walk out with it. And like, the first time I think people really noticed the flag was like an AC show. Lee, go out with this. So Lee went out with it. And I think Lee, like, had it on his back. He swung it around. And opened it up perfect. And was like, whatever you did, that was great. And, like, I think we ended up making stickers of that. Of Lee holding it out, coming out to uh, AC when they were doing the peer shows. But it was like that visibility of it just started snowballing. Like I said, those handful of people were chosen. Some people, like, like I said, I would hand them out and I would choose certain people. Like, the biggest thing that helped was I didn't know these kids had anything big coming up. Um, I just know, like, I had met uh, Darius years ago. He stayed at our house because him and uh, a buddy, Kyle, worked Paradigm the night before. And we was like, you're not going to sleep in your car. Y'all got a 10-hour drive back home. Stay in the house. So the next morning, the kid's mom started asking them a bunch of questions. She was the first one to for us to figure out what Airwolf's name was and that it was Darius yeah. because she asked him, what is your real name? And, like, he was like, why? She's like, I don't call people by these wrestling names. What's your real name? He's like, my real name's Darius. And he gave her, her his real full name. And he's like, she's like, okay, you're Darius. Like, it's to the point where he would be in mask and get up wrestling. And she's screaming, go Darius. <laughs> but then they took the mask off and they, you know, released their names and stuff. So I'm like, at the collective, I'm like, here, throwing them knee pad sleeves. Here, y'all part of PSP. Come take this picture with this flag. All right, take this flag out for Glory Pro. Then, boom, you fast forward, they're on Dynamite wrestling the Young Bucks, and they got the knee pad sleeves on. I'm like, they actually let them wear them. Like, I was shocked. I didn't think they were going to be able to pull that off because I gave, like, a T-shirt to Marco, and he's like, I'll wear it on Dynamite. I think he left it at the building at the collective. But Darius and Dante, they walked out there on that stage with them, and and I think Dante uh, continued to wear his for quite a while. And – uh, Darius wouldn't wear his all the time because he would only wear it with gear that it matched. So anything that was blue, so anything that was purple or gold or anything like that, he would never do it. And then they got new gear and so they stopped using it and I'm assuming uh, they both probably lost them because that's what most people end up doing. They either tear them up or they lose them. And I keep telling them whenever you're done with it, just autograph it, make the kid autograph it, sell it. Yeah, for sure. That's a good memorabilia right there. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I know you obviously have good relationships, good relationships with these people, and you're at a lot of these shows, and you know you're making them look great as well. You know, taking taking pictures that you know are really really valuable. Um, getting people's names and their 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 moments out there and stuff. Um, I guess I might be kind of answering my own, my own question by asking this, but like, why do you think that so many people like a Lee, um, you know, like a like a Trey Lamar, you know, these people with so much talent and stuff, um, like like you know, Airwolf why they would even, you know, rep the brand, you know what I mean? Like, like that, that's, that's pretty huge to get their endorsement. You know what I mean? Well, when it comes to dealing with uh, me or my family, we open our home a lot. Uh, so for a while there, I'm sure, I don't know if he'd get mad about telling us uh, when uh, Trey moved back to the Midwest, Trey lived with us for a few months before he got his own apartment uh, here locally until he went back home to Canton. Um, him and Lee, uh, one time when they were on a secret trip to work impact, uh, they crashed here for a bit. Um, like I mentioned, Darius uh, crashed here uh, one night when we first met him. Then they crashed again during the pandemic because we had an ACH seminar after a black label. Um, so most of these kids are so used to us being so willing to accept them and allow them our space. So they will pretty much like anything, run through brick walls because they're like that family will take care of us if we need it. And so if it's as simple as slipping on a knee pad, putting on a t-shirt, a uh, perfect example is like Dante jumped on the website and bought one of the hoodies. And like I seen it on the BTE stuff. I'm like, oh, he wore a hoodie on the show. And like the kid's mom, Rebecca's like, when did Dante get a hoodie? Like she's trying to figure this out. I was like, he probably bought it. So I messed him. I was like, did you buy that? He's like, yeah. She's like, so she's expecting that TV name. And I was like, that's not his name. Remember, his last name is actually this. So she goes and looks, and she sees this Dante. From Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. From Minnesota, she's like, he bought one, so she refunded his money back to him. He said, why'd you buy this? <laughs> like, he tried to fight it. Like, no, no. She's like, no here, take it. It's yours. Like, I'm not, you're not going to charge you. So here's your money back. So it's stuff like that. It's stuff that they just know we're generally as good as we can be people. Like I'm brutally honest and an asshole, but at the end of the day, they know I have a good heart and I will do anything to help these kids. Even if it's telling them the truth they don't want to hear. How important is it uh, to you to be like that supportive father uh, for Billy? And I mean, now you have kind of independent kids uh, that that you help out. But I, I've seen you, you know, the big Starks brand is obviously uh, akin to big baller brand and LeVar Ball. I've seen you tweet about um, Patrick Mahomes Sr. You have like John Morant's dad who's all, always at the games. Like just being that supportive father, being there like for your kids. How's, how much does that mean to you? means everything because my dad wasn't able to do it whenever I was growing up. Uh, my dad would go to prison a lot. So me playing football, wrestling, running track, things like that, I didn't have a support system there. I literally had my teammates. So when we would look up in the stands, especially if we were away games, 
we didn't have any family or friends. It was mostly a handful of other kids whose family and friends were there. So we were alone. So I knew how we are with our kids because like the kid's mom, she had the same situation. Like her mom didn't go to her sports. So we tried to attend as much stuff as possible. So before the kid got into wrestling, she was in competition cheer. So mom was forcing me to wear the glitter shirts. So since she had the cricket machine, I would get to tell her what I want on the shirt. All right, I would take the glitter, but I need this on the shirt. So I'm having her rip off Killsteen Kill shirts for the kids. So I got to sing Cheer Beans Cheer and stuff like that because I'm like, if we're going to do this, I'm going to at least enjoy what it says. So it's things like that where here I am with my camera taking pictures at cheer competitions. And I'm like, I don't want to see these like kids flip and stuff. But then it's like, oh, kids are flipping and hurting themselves. This is violent. This is like NASCAR. Okay, I can kind of get into this, but I don't want to really be here. But it's one of those things where you would do whatever you have to for your kid. And that's what we've tried to do. And I, we just took it over to wrestling. At least this is the thing that I enjoy wrestling. I bought my camera because of wrestling. So it's easy for me to say, okay, the kid's got a match here. I'm going to go with her. One, I was primarily with her a lot previously because I love wrestling and she was underage. Um, I never wanted to put that responsibility of her being underage, being in somebody's ring on that promoter. You don't have to worry. I'm here. Something happens to her. I know it's part of the world of wrestling. The best part of it is she's got insurance, pretty good insurance, so we can go to the hospital, unlike probably 80% of the indie wrestlers out there. So it's part of what we just did. Like be there more than our family was able to be there for us. So were, were you, were you into wrestling and got Billy into it? Or was it something that like kind of like cheer where she was like, you got into it because of her, like, I, I no, I was into wrestling. Um, and then whenever I started dating her mother, uh, the, she was two turning three, like literally turned three, like, uh, a month after me and her mom started dating. And when I was spending a lot of time over the house in the very beginning, I would watch either CSI, Criminal Minds, or wrestling. So those are the things that she gravitated to because for some reason she liked me, her brother hated me. So she would spend all of her time with me, would sit on the couch, lay on my back, we would watch wrestling and she would just fall in love with everything that was going on. And then once, you know, the relationship developed more with me and her mom and I'm here full time, it's just wrestling pretty much all the time. And then as we started making more money in our jobs and things like that, oh, now we can afford to go to shows. So, oh, Ring of Honor's in Nashville. Let's drive to Ring of Honor and see what this is about. Oh, what is this? Who's this Kevin Steen guy? Who's this guy? Who's this? Now she's saying that wrestling exists outside of, you know, WWE. Her mom becomes a director at a call center. Oh, she hires a bunch of wrestlers to work for her. Oh, one runs a company. Oh, Mr. Ian Rotten wants her to come to see what IWA is. So we're taking the kids to see IWA. I know what we're going to see. Mom doesn't really know what exactly we're going to see. Oh, Necro Butcher's coming out and he's hitting somebody with a trash can. Necro Butcher just becomes the kid's favorite wrestler. <laughs> So, <laughs> so it's stuff like that where she was exposed to a lot of it because of me. 
Um, some of it became more because of where her mom just happened to work. And so we were just immersed into this world where if we could go to a live show, we would go. And that's what we did for years leading into her training. Like whenever I picked up a camera, she picked up my hand-me-down camera and she would be right there with me taking pictures or I would stick her in the locker room here you take promo pictures. And that's how she would start asking wrestlers questions and stuff like that. I remember years ago, I mean, it's a long time ago now when you really think about it, but I remember when you told me she was training, um, you were like, hey, my kid's training. She had to have been, what, like 14 or something? I mean, she was very young. She started at uh, 13. 13, yeah. I remember you telling me she was training and, you know, you were like, look out for her, like, like follow her Twitter and like all this stuff. And I was like, man, this is this is pretty wild. Like, I was kind of, I was nervous to to know about that though. I was like a thirteen year old girl getting into this world. That sounds that sounds scary, you know. And I'm not even this this girl's dad. What was kind of your feelings going into all of that? Because obviously things have worked out tremendously, and Billy is like she's great at what she's doing. I, she's on. I I have I, I know you've heard me talk about it, but I I honestly think she's going to be the biggest star in, in all of wrestling. I honestly believe that. Um, but what was it like getting into it? Like kind of your reservations and, but also knowing you were going to be there with her along the way, obviously that helps a lot. So. Well, so like the training thing came out of left field. We didn't know it was going to start that soon. Um, so like I said, Ian Rotten, for example, worked for her mom. And she would say she was going to be a wrestler all the time. You know, it's one of those things. Okay. You know what? You go to college, wherever you go to college at, we will pay for training school there. That was always the deal. You go in any state, I'm sure I can find a training school for you to go. So different wrestlers would give her advice because they knew she wanted to be a wrestler. Don't go to this school, stay away from here. She's going to go places where people are, you know, created somebody, blah, blah, blah. So we happened to be at a show at the arena. And I think uh, Mad Man Panda was standing there and I was uh, bugging him about, hey, why don't you teach my kid how to wrestle? He's like, I don't have a ring. I'm like, you literally live in the arena. And he's like, it's, I can't just train people in that ring. He's like, talk to tough. So too tough Tony walks over. I'm like, my kid wants to wrestle. Can she train here? He's like, well, tell her come check out a class. And if she likes it, we'll talk about it. He's like, well, our next class is on Monday. All right. So the kid finishes uh, cheer practice. I meet him from work. We get over to about 6 o'clock. The kid gets in the ring. The trainer immediately has her taking bumps, doing rolls and stuff like that. I'm looking at her face. I look at her mom. I said, she's never getting out of that ring. You might as well go ahead and break out that <laughs> checkbook and pay them the down uh, payment because she's training now. And it's one of those things that, like, looking at her next to some of the girls that were training that day, which was uh, Charlie Krull and uh, I think a girl named Hazel, she was already taller than both of them at 13. She was already bigger than most of the girls that were wrestling. Um, like she was uh, very close and big fan of uh, Samantha Heights. She was already way bigger than her at 13. So I'm like, if this girl can take bumps and do stuff, my kid can. Then the other side that I'm looking at is her brother plays contact football. He's literally banging his head with a helmet on against another person. I wrestled you know, amateur in high school and middle school and elementary school and played football and ran track, hurt my body, my knees popped to this day. How can I say, no, you can't be a professional wrestler that's at least somewhat 
you working with somebody else and not somebody trying to Ronnie lot you and knock you out. So yeah, you can be a wrestler. You're going to be bigger than most of the people you wrestle. And as long as you get good training, we know you'll be fine. And I know you're tough as nails and ain't nothing going to hurt you. So there was no reservations about that. It's just let her do it. I know I can trust her. And now it's more just trying to ring her back on, you don't have to do all the dumb shit. <laughs> all right. Let, let me ask about this because I was going to ask, do you have to rein her in? Because one, she will do dumb shit. Two, she told me she likes working with sort of younger talent because she can pitch dumb shit to them. She explicitly mentioned that she pitched doing a poison Rana to red velvet, who is you know on television nearly every week. And I heard from somebody else and I'm going to expose them here. Ali Albright messaged me and said she pitched doing the Canadian destroyer to me. So she's just out here like pitching. Let's just do all this crazy stuff. And like your, your first week on the job here, do you got to rein her back a little bit one for her own good. And then for the good of others of like, Let's not pitch the doing. Let's just say when she did the the dumb bump at SCI, she knew not to tell me. Because if anybody watches that video, you can see I did not take pictures of it. The camera drops. I'm staring at her. I'm watching her fall. I look at her mom. I stare back at her. Then after the match, I went behind the uh, banner there and waited for her. And then me and her went to a room and had a conversation. And I had to have witnesses there because her mom thought I was going to yell at her. So Shug D and Cole Radrick were both in the room <laughs> to make sure I didn't lose my shit. Right, now we got to ask Cole about this when we, when we talk yeah. to him. What? I was nice. I, just, I was real nice. Like I didn't scream or yell and Cole came out and told her mom because that's who sent her him. Rebecca Bridget, mom, sent Cole in there. But I only think I told her is like, you got to pay attention to the decisions you're making. I get you're doing them for your personal reasons and you want to be your own individual, but your decisions don't just affect you. The decisions that you make with your body or things you want to do will have ripple effects amongst kids that are looking up to you who want to be, I want to be a teenage wrestler. Maybe somebody looks at what you did and says, that's why we don't need to let kids wrestle. Even though they would let literally, they jump that hump from underage to over 18, they could be literally 18 and 30 seconds, and they can go do that same spot and nobody will say a word. Right. It's the same way, like she's older than Nick Wayne, but you don't hear as much crap given to him as she was given because she's a girl. So right. it's stuff like that where, as much as possible, I try not to get into her business of what she's doing. I just tell her to be smart with what she's doing. I completely trust her with what she's doing because she knows how to fall down. She's been training to fall down for the past four or five years or more since she was 13. I think she knows how to fall down at this point. Like I trust this kid will slip and fall in a grocery store and know how to land and not hurt himself. Like she's one of those people where I think the first two years in wrestling, she was trying to start a flip bump challenge thing on the internet before I think TikTok was a thing. She was trying to get people just to take random flip bumps in places. <laughs> like I think uh, her first uh, theater class, they were doing uh, a exercise where they were supposed to pretend to be getting hit by a car. She flip bumps on the stage and scares the uh, 
the theater teacher, the teacher's like, what are you doing? She's like, oh, it's cool. I, I'm a professional wrestler and I practice falling down for a living. I know what I'm doing. She's like, but don't do that here. And then like, of course, the teacher didn't believe her until she pulled up YouTube videos like, yo, here's me wrestling doing dumb stuff. But I just want her to know that things are bigger than her. And I think I preached that enough to her that she knows. But she's going to be her own wrestler. She's going to do what she is going to do. She has enough uh, big brothers and uncles and aunts and everything else telling her, and eh, lay off of that. But there's a reason why people kind of know her name because she's out there willing to do a lot of things that other people aren't. Yeah. Well, you know, a lot of people do know her name. Uh, a lot of people are knowing her name even more right now with like the AEW appearances and stuff. And uh, I feel like it's only going to get bigger and bigger. Um, you're talking about decisions she makes with her body in the ring decisions she makes, you know, professionally. So just ready to ask you, dude, where's she signing? <laughs> <laughs> I have no clue. <laughs> She knows my stance on everything. Um, the same advice I've given a lot of these kids. If it's not money that's going to change your life, don't put your name on it. Like, I want her to make enough money where she doesn't need us. She doesn't need, say, another job. She doesn't need to really take up indie bookings unless she works at a place that lets her take up indie bookings and she wants to take those bookings. But I want her to make a salary. Like at the end of the day, I want her to make more money than me and if possible, make more money than her mom and the ultimate goal to make more money than me and her mom combined. If she can do that, then I'm satisfied. If she's happy, I'm satisfied. And I just want her to be able to take care of herself. And then whenever she's ready to say I'm done, to go live on her farm. Because I know that's her goal at the end of the day is have a farm with a bunch of cows and random animals and a bunch of land. So if she can make enough money to afford that, my job's complete. Do, do you think, um, obviously you don't need to give us too much information, but do you think it's something that's going to happen soon? Because obviously the big comparison right now is kind of parallel with Nick Wayne being signed to AEW, you know, before he even graduated high school. Um, I know Billy obviously has a lot of eyes on her at 18 years old. Um, like, is it something where like you're like, if she, if she signed tomorrow somewhere, like that's, you're good with it. Like, like it's her decision. Yeah. Like men or mom have had these conversations for some time. Like we really started having these conversations. Uh, I want to say literally the week after um, the Tampa collective, um, because that's when we started getting pretty much notified that people were watching. So we started having conversations like, what do we do? How do we handle this? And that's when I started saying, if they don't give her life changing money, then it's no. Like, I don't want my kid to have a contract and then she still has to go work this job at the daycare. Like, yeah. why is my kid on TV? And then the next day, she's wiping some little kid's nose. My kid should be on TV. And then the next day, going home and sitting on her couch or going to work out or, heck, if she wants, putting a lease down on a building and putting a ring in it. Like, I want her to do that stuff. I don't want her to have to go into a job unless it's a want to go into a job. Um, like if she wants a Britt Baker type of life. But we've kind of felt like, okay, she's like, her mom still lives in that, oh, my kid's never going to get booked type scared world. I live in a, no, my kid's pretty much a badass, can work anywhere she wants to work. 
Yeah. Um, I may talk bad about her losing and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, to lose a match, you have to get booked for it. So to have a bunch of losses, you got to get booked a lot. So a booking's a booking. Win, lose, or draw, you're still booked, brother. So I know my kids are going to probably sign a deal. I just It's just a matter of I hope the money's right and I hope the money will take care of her. Do I? Is is that all like completely? And not that I don't mean just her decision, but like, do you do you? Because obviously, I I don't really wouldn't ask this, but it's just so rare that someone starts so young like she did. Like, do you kind of like manage her career from that aspect, where like you would negotiate with the companies that she could potentially sign her? Or is that mainly her conversations that she's having herself? Pretty much as realistically as her and her mom's conversations, because her mom proofreads everything that happens like any type of social media stuff. Her mom has access to her social media. So she sees everything people. <laughs> oh, so, gee. oh, I can. Oh, geez. I can so all. literally her mom sees everything because <laughs> that's not just for the weirdos out there. This also goes to promoters because we have promoters who have told her mom, you don't know what was said. Yes. Her mom does. Her mom <laughs> sees everything and nothing. Her mom's actually the one who deletes everything. So her mom sees it probably before the kid sees it. So her mom goes over anything that comes in her inbox. So like whenever she was messaged to, hey, do you want to do some extra work for AEW? Her mom's seen it before her. She was at school. She didn't see it. Her mom's seen it first and then text her, yo, check your messages. Do you want to do this? You know, her mom helped her get all of her physical information set up. Her mom got it all stained and ready for her got it all perfect, had her in her business casual outfit and getting her all dressed and sending her on the road. Like her mom handled and helped with everything. Like if she gets anything that needs to be looked over or asked about, her mom will, you know, group text me if I'm at work. Hey, this came, blah, blah, blah. This is what this is saying. What do you think? And, you know, I will, they know my stance because I've said it a lot. So she knows what I think. Like, if you hear the kid talk sometimes, you hear me, because literally it's her regurgitating stuff that I said to her that I've heard from somebody else that I regurgitate. So she knows where I stand and she knows how I would make a decision. And I'm pretty sure her decision making would be in line between mine and her mom's thinking. Who are some names on the independent scene that, that stand out? to you besides billy uh you're you're at all these shows you're shooting all these shows who's somebody it's like people got to pay attention to to this guy or girl titus alexander he should be signed right now oh yeah we love him him on the show before yeah Yeah. without a doubt like i love nick titus is the one from the from the west coast like i don't understand for the life of me why this kid's not being flown out everywhere like that kid's really good, really good, and can play any side or any character that they need him to do. Like uh, him and Will Ospreay. Like I knew Will Ospreay was good. I knew he was, you know, a decent wrestler. But after that Titus match, I looked. Was like Ospreay's ready to go to the Fed. Like you can put Ospreay right now on Raw and just let him and Randy Orton go put on a five star classic, and it'd be the greatest thing in the world. And that was all because of how great he looked with, with. You know, Titus, I'm like, what did I just witness? Like, had he probably not wrestled Titus, I probably would just be like, yeah, it's Osprey. But I'm so high on Titus, 
he made Titus a star star that night. So I think Titus, literally, like Titus should be getting regular AEW dark bookings, stuff like that. He should be on their radar. He should be going and do tryouts at the Fed. There's no reason he's not in one of those tryouts that they do secretly that they release pay, uh, pictures of later. He should totally be down there with a group of 20 other athletes trying out because I think that he's money. Um, I know he's probably the one I'm the highest on. Like, There's just something about him. Yeah. Well, what are your opinions on Cole Radrick? <laughs> um, before uh, you got on the call, um, I said Cole's probably mad at me today um, <laughs> because I sent him a text today and I said, hey, I just seen you on Botchamania. Um, <laughs> stop getting on tables uh, because you getting on tables don't work out. You fidget too much and it never looks good. Stop it. Then he told me something about, won't you go do the spot and see if you can do it better? <laughs> then I said, oh, you're mad at me. Oh, you look like an idiot. But go off, King. And then I don't think we've talked uh, since. <laughs> well, hopefully by the time this airs. Can I send this Thursday, to Cole? Hold on. Yeah. Let, me, let me send this to Cole. Let's see if we'll let's just have a run-in on this <laughs> show. Let's see if we'll jump on right now. Yeah, let's see if Cole Ryder can just yeah. jump in right now. I'm good. He's probably yeah. twitching. He's probably, probably on Twitch. I'm going to send We can co-stream then. We'll, they'll yeah. have our audio on his Twitch stream if you know how to do it. He don't know how to do it. Yeah, I don't know. I've actually got a Cole Radrick autograph in here right behind me. I don't know if you can see it up there. Why would you do that? Yeah. Hey, man, he's, 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 he's become one of my guys. He's given us a lot of time on the show. I appreciate it. I was folding the laundry today, and I looked, and there was a medium Cole Radrick shirt. It's like, wait, the kid has a Cole Radrick shirt? Why? <laughs> Speaking of, you think I don't you know got for free? He oh, free. he definitely probably gave it for free. It was a design that I got made for him. <laughs> I don't know if I already missed the window, but I, I I got sidetracked. I wanted to buy one of those um one of those shirts from Billy, the one with the rabbit head on it. I'm sure if you message her account, her mom could probably still sneak it in. That's the best way. Just just DM her and don't get that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll I'll hit her up after this. I won't forget. I gotta get some big Star Brand stuff too. If you want to. If I want to. Cole, Cole, like is, <laughs> Cole is streaming right now. He, he just messaged it. me back. That's like his full-time job or something now. He's like, <laughs> like trying to literally make it wrestling and streaming. Mm. He did say he was trying to do that uh, when, when I talked to him last week. He's, he's trying to. He spent a lot of money on some type of computer and some type of setup, so he's trying, and he's been consistent with it. Which is what I told him, like, hey, if you're gonna do this, you like legit gotta be very, very consistent. You can't take like days off or anything. You gotta have a set time where you're constantly getting on so your little followers know. For sure. Yeah, Twitch grind is tough. What did Cole say to you? You just said I'm trying to stream in. I'm busy. Oh yeah, he, he said I, I said I said that Mouse is saying stuff about you, and uh, I wanted to give you a chance to defend yourself. And he said, "Is it bad?" And then he said, "He's streaming right now." I said, "Well, it's good and bad. We're we're bullshitting." So I was gonna give. Hey, look, the 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 uh, the invitation was out there. I yep. sent it to Cole. He replied. If people listen to this and want to call Cole a coward for not jumping on the <laughs> stream, I'm not telling you to do that. But I'm just saying he is putting over his own Twitch stream instead of defending himself to Mouse. So that's, Sounds that's like all a coward. I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs>
man. Y'all should do a whole show based on coal on tables. Telling yeah. You. It's really <laughs> bad. Yeah. That would actually be hilarious. We could do that. We could watch <laughs> videos of him on tables like, with him and, and get, his, get his thoughts on it. Any other any other thoughts? I mean, there's obviously the the big source brand. Uh, you know, it extends to quite quite a few talents. Um, any other menaces amongst y'all that you really want to uh, you know throw out, throw out there? Any 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 road stories or any uh, any stories in general about some of these some of these characters that you hang out with? Oh, they're just all weird people. <laughs> um, I don't know if you ever got trapped by Brad at like a shop and he'll give you all of his. Uh, Matchup ideas. That's the <laughs> thing that happens. <laughs> like Brad's like a promoter's worst nightmare. <laughs> like he will pull him off to the side and say, Yo, have you heard about my five ring death match? What? <laughs> or he <laughs> or you pull him to the side, hey, have you heard about my ring crew battle royal? And they're like, What does that even mean? And then he goes into a spell and you're just like, I just sat there for 15 minutes of him explaining. Some crazy harebrained idea that I kind of want to do, but no, I shouldn't do. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. <laughs> What's like the you, weirdest place you you've ever had to like go to 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 shoot an event or travel to to just take in an event? Like weirdest setup or or just building? Johnny Gargano has mentioned that he wrestled literally in just like a prison yard. Oh, any anything like that of just a weird setup. The crazy thing is we had uh, Matt Cross tell us about that prison yard show once at uh, NGW um, because one of my favorite things before I get into the weird places is uh, Brad's a very big Lucha Underground Wrestling Society X fan. So anytime we're on a show with somebody from one of those shows, I say, hey, this is Brad. He really likes Lucha Underground and Wrestling Society X. He wants to ask you some questions. And we had Matt Cross for probably about an hour tell us a bunch of Lucha Underground and Rest Society X stuff, and Brad's just sitting there, like, not saying a word. Like, I have to ask all the questions because they didn't know what to say. And then finally Brad gets comfortable, and he's like, uh, you know where y'all used to do uh, kicks, like super kicks and stuff, and y'all would slap y'all's legs? They would take two sticks and smack them together for sound effects for that. And <laughs> yeah. Matt was like, what? He's like, yeah. Then Matt was like, oh, you know my voice? They changed it in the in the later seasons because they fired the sound effects guy that originally did it. <laughs> oh, so Brad was learning all this stuff about it, but then they got sidetracked. And then he went into the story about the the prison yard. He's like, "Yeah, we wrestled in front of a bunch of prisoners in a prison yard. We did a couple shows doing this before." It's like we're like, "Wait, how does that work?" He's like, "I don't know. We haven't done them in years, but yeah, we did them." <laughs> but as far as me, weirdest place I probably. I've just shot some terrible buildings. Like uh, the arena's not that great. Um, shot this uh, salvage yard slash garage thing down in Houston called the Houston Premier Arena. Like outside of it, it's just a bunch of trash and cars. Then inside of it, it's just like a one of those like metal garage things. And it's like, salvage chairs and stuff like i think they had like some chairs from maybe a movie theater like off to the side and like leading to the entrance i was like and people shit on the arena like this place isn't that great either uh that was a, a special place um trying to think like really off the reservation weird 
did shoot on a Native American reservation once. That was special. Um, that show was headlined by Katie Forbes. I just remember she was like on their uh, digital board, real big, and it would have probably confused any person like riding by. They probably just assumed that a stripper was there. Um, but like every place that people shoot wrestling or run wrestling shows in are weird. Like nobody uses traditional buildings that they really should be using. Yeah. Like, Technically, the basement east is a weird place to be running wrestling shows. At. <laughs> Dude, it's a low ceiling bar, and then until they renovated it because of the tornado, they weren't able to put a full size regular ring in there. But now they somehow can. But like that's a weird, weird building. Like the locker room is literally the green room that should only have four people. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, everyone like is just want like they're just like kind of hidden behind the bar there. So there's like yeah. a little curtain and just like the bar. So you see like bright ice and just like. Standing behind the bar. I want to say before that, the first time I went, I think the green room was the locker room. The the door that's that used to be the locker room at one point. And then they were like, no, we can't put everybody in there. Then they shifted everybody over to the other side of the bar. And like you can literally look across the bar and see into what is supposed to be the locker room. Yes. Oh, that's too funny. Dude, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we're talking about the basement east side of Nashville, Tennessee. It's like it's a little, it's a little bar, a little, a literal bar in in, in East Nashville. And I remember to make a long, I won't. It's kind of a long story. I've told it before, but just to your point, Mouse, about how that's not a traditional wrestling building. You you had to have been there. Were you you were you there the show when Marco and Dan wrestled VIF in that death? Are match? you talking about with the the uh, ring bell getting hit yes. on Dan's head? Yeah, well, yes, that was, I was there. That was, it was that match. Yeah, yeah, that was that was just that brutal, just the worst bell shot in history. It gives you chills. <laughs> um, I remember like Marco's blood being on my feet, like you know what I mean. And stuff. <laughs> it was so bad, but um, I remember. I walked outside to get some air because I was like, "This, there are some decisions getting made right in front of me." These people got skewers in their heads, and then Degrini took tacks to his bare feet. I'm just like, "Oh my god!" So like, I walked outside, and there was, um, it was this family out there yelling, <laughs> just scolding the 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 security or the staff of the basement east, and they're going, "We're from out of town, and we were told that this was a music venue that we needed to check out." What the fuck is going on in this place? Like, and they, they didn't because they just see little Marco stunt running around with skewers in his head and stuff. And they were like, "What is happening in here?" Yeah, that was like two weeks, I think, before uh, GCW came. Like, I thought, like, I guess they were like testing the waters to see if somebody could bleed because they yeah. didn't want like GCW to take get the building taken from them. But then I think GCW came a, a couple weeks later, and then you had the Rejects versus uh, Violence Forever versus the Carnies, and that yep. just went off the rails. Yes, yes. Because <laughs> so I just remember Kerry running around the uh, base East trying to hit somebody with a uh, ring bell because he was trying to get retribution for Dan. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, that's too funny. These are those deep cuts for the for this for the sub game out there. I love that. I love that. But like. I've shot some weird buildings. Like some buildings have been real cool where you're just like, you didn't expect them to be really cool. Or they've been like just epic. And you're like, man, I should not be shooting a show here. Like shooting uh, the mall of America. Like I had no business somehow getting air cannon, allow me to be ringside for that. 
But here we are pretty much all day long running around this mall, riding roller coasters and stuff. We go get some food. But then the kids in the basement of the mall that nobody really should be in, but somehow wrestlers and me are allowed to be in this basement. And she's getting dressed to wrestle in a building that hasn't had wrestling since before she was born. <laughs> so that was probably definitely the coolest building I've ever done. That was a cool show. That was a really cool show. Like they kind of have a redid the nitro uh, vibe and everything of that. That was awesome. And if uh, the way Eric tells it, based off a of ticket sold, he sold more tickets for his show than WCW did. Oh wow! Wow! I because believe that, I do believe it. Uh, WCW only sold tickets. I think he said on the floor. All those people that you've seen, like over the like balconies and stuff like that, looking. Those were all just people who walked up and started watching. Uh, and, and so Eric sold the, the tickets in the balcony for his show. Yeah, did. all the way up. Uh, I think they weren't planning to open the very top balcony, but he was selling so well, they went ahead and opened it up. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense then. That makes sense. Uh, Mouse, want to get you out of here on this. We ask every guest, uh, what is the coolest thing in your room? You can go up and get it. It's like not near you. You can go pick it up and show it to us. And it can't know. be like your camera. I mean, it can be. I guess if you have like a really cool camera. But I thought I was just going to grab Billy and like, look. Was that, this, was that, juice, was the... that juice box behind you? What's going on? No, that was mine. Let me, oh, let me no. go find something. I'll go find some. see if I can find something okay. cool. Shout out juice box. The other child we haven't been talking about. <laughs> like, I'm really trying to think of what. Like, realistically, probably the I assume he knows the mic is still hot. He's, he's oh, it's still hot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, I guess technically the coolest thing I probably have is this poster. Oh, okay. Um, this poster is an autographed poster of the first show I ran. Nice. Very cool. That, that actually is pretty really cool. Yeah, so it was our first fright night. Hold on, let me let me let me uh move this box and get get you the solo layout. There we Ooh, go. There we go. You can see it a lot better there. Ooh, I like that. that. You got you got Freddie Hudson in the middle there. You got struggles with the autograph card in the corner. Yeah, and Cole. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, that's badass. I like that. Yeah, a lot. that's sweet. Yeah, I like that. That is very yeah. sweet. Thank you. you know what, Thank you for showing us. That. I actually kind of do the same thing with. Uh, I don't work GCW, obviously, but you know, I've been to the two shows in Atlanta and got to do interviews and stuff there for Fightful. So, like the two center stage shows, I've got the the signed uh, posters up there. So I've got I've got Cole in there somewhere as well. I'm um, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh, but yeah, man, I'm really glad you were able to do this. We've been wanting to get you on the show for a long time now, and uh, I mean, dude, we met back at a Glory Pro show. I mean, but it wasn't a sub show. It was that. It, it was, was at Glory, Glory Pro. We, was it the met. one? Uh, it wasn't the one where Myron won the title, was it? Or was it the one? No, after? he defended the title. He, I, I was there at the. Well, I was. I wasn't there the night he won the title, but I was at the next show, the the Marafuji Dijak show, where he was okay. The one that was at the uh, fairgrounds. The really packed show that probably had yes. about a thousand people. 
I was at that. Then I went to the next one. You actually introduced me to Myron at the next one after the show. Okay. Um, and uh, he was still the champion, I think, at that point. Yeah, the one with Marafuji, he wrestled, I think, AR Fox. And then the one after that, did he lose it to Jake something on that one? I, or was that? He lost it, like, a, yeah, a couple shows after Jake something. Um, but yeah, I just, I was always, you're, you're, you're always a familiar face that I look forward to seeing at these shows, like ever since then, like whether it's at SUP or SCI or, you know, here and now that I'm in Atlanta, when I get to see a GCW and stuff, um, I always appreciate what you do, man. And like, you're a good guy. So like, I, it's, it's always good to see at these shows and I, I hopefully I'll see you, uh, GCW is going to be here in just a couple months again. So. Most likely I'll probably ride down with Cole. Yeah. Sorry. Well, yeah, Billy, we'll, Billy will be signed by that, so. Yeah, I can't ride with the kids. The kids are also a flight now, brother. So got to ride with Cole. Awesome. Um, also, we appreciate you joining us. Let everybody know where, where they can find you at, where they can support you and the Big Starks brand at. They can just follow my kid. Follow Billy Starks. Don't worry about me. I just shit on her. You don't want to read it. Mouse's Wrestling Adventures. <laughs> you don't want to no, look those... at my pictures. Look at other people's pictures. You didn't even talk about his <laughs> photography hardly at all. Mouse, I'm going to put him over right now. Some of the best wrestling photography you're going to see helps with promo pictures. I know wrestlers really appreciate those. I hear wrestlers talk about that often, by the way, how important it is to take opportunities when people with good cameras, they know what they're doing, are willing to take time to take good pictures of you that you can get out to promoters, that you can put on social media. It's very valuable. So you are doing a really big service to a lot of these wrestlers, and obviously they appreciate that. So I will put you over for, for your fantastic work, Mouse. <laughs> you should have seen i'll put you over even more i'll actually throw you under the bus this was my conversation with mouse in the dms to get him on the show all right i said i asked if mouse wanted to come on i gave him this whole like hey if you want to do this interview with fightful me and jeremy we'd love to have you on his response if you want my, 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 my response yeah for sure i'll send you the stream your link on tuesday his response okay and then, and then i sent him the link today cool <laughs> Dude, do you want to do the show or not, man? So, but then, but then, uh, but no, I know. I, I, I just know that's how you are, though. So, I, I, I appreciate you being you, man. I, I appreciate you doing the show as well. Once when Jensen told me uh, we were trying to set this up, like, oh yeah, we that that sounds great. Especially I talked to a bunch of people last week, including Billy, and they all said, for the most part kind things about you i was like oh that's be great to have on so i appreciate you doing this everyone go follow billy starks on twitter don't follow mouse at all uh and we'll be right back here on the spotlight everybody